the security police left the thing saying, after the 377th time that your record player played Run Through the Jungle, <laughs> your, your dorm mates required that we break the door down and stop it. <laughs> Dream, stop so, these crazy so, like, yeah, I, I've learned that at that point. Okay. Make sure that when you leave the house, make sure all the annoying crap is off. <laughs> I don't want somebody bring it into my house. Yeah. yeah. So we start back up yet? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, well, I, I just turned the recorder on so Bueno. God, it's a beautiful weekend here. It's great. Can't isn't believe it? how amazing it is. You know, one thing, just to get off subject here, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I wish this city had a beautiful beer garden. We have a place that acts like a beer garden. It is. But it's a biker bar. It's a biker, biker bar with a gravel backyard and picnic benches that has the spirit, but just the beauty of sitting out under trees and drinking beer in beautiful weather. Yes. Or being served beer under trees in beautiful weather. That lacks. We can go down to the Java house by the but they only have bud and you gotta get on yourself. <laughs> but on the other hand, we people Dis San Francisco for a number of things, but we have to remember that we're who disses San Francisco. We are a we are a we are a community that was that was founded upon the gold rush. We're a transient community that believe that 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 believes in in self reliance and self service and our 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 the spirit of San Francisco would be potentially or is potentially being uh, degraded by. The fact that we have all these highfalutin fancy restaurants. We're not we're not about that. We're about self reliance. We're about digging something out of the freaking earth to make a living. And most of the people who came here died or went broke uh, doing it. And we're about uh, the, the last the last American uh, work ethic uh, here in San Francisco. And so when well, nothing's changed. I mean, the, the no, nothing's other, changed. No, the, the, people the people come here and they think they think well. San Francisco is like this this wonderful place. It's a, a wonderful world city, and, and it is. But again, we were based upon uh, upon the the gold rush, which which says either make enough money to live here or go somewhere else. Exactly. <laughs> you know, get now, the hell out. <laughs> now they found that rich vein of HTML a couple of years ago, and they toil. They bring it up out of the earth, and they craft it into web pages. I'm yes. so excited about this next beer. Oh, I'm, I'm just going to go off on this beer. So so this is... <laughs> so actually, the thing was that a while ago, I sought out this coaster. And I wasn't actually seeking it out. I just was at a place that had a, a stack of these, and I grabbed them. With the int- with the sole purpose of having it under motor's glass for <laughs> this beer right here. Oh my God! This this is a beer that doesn't even make it into uh, most markets in the United States, as far as I know now. And we'll get to the name later. My uh, glasses on, I guess. Huh? It's in Boston, Columbus, Chicago, and San Francisco. Columbus, Ohio. Columbus. There are a lot of Germans in Columbus. Weird. Who knew? And the Again. beer here is a direct result of uh, love them, love them or hate them. And most of us hate them. Uh, good old ex-governor Reagan, who went on to other jobs. Uh, this is a beer that you couldn't get before nineteen, before the nineteen nineties. You could get it up through about nineteen thirty nine. And then uh, in the nineties, you started to get it again. Actually, it probably showed up in in uh, the Bay Area around. Uh, Right around 2000, it's Radeberger. Mm-hmm. One of the problems, Radeberger is a beautiful 
beautiful, delicate Pilsner. One of the problems with Radeberger, though, is it doesn't travel well. Um, I only like to buy it at my one corner market because it's usually good under, it's under refrigeration most of the time. But until I make this sip, we will not have a judgment whether or not this is a good bottle. Well, again, um, it looks like Henry Warren Hart's. A little lighter than Henry Warren Oh, it's Hart's. lighter than Henry Warren As a matter of fact, yes. Even though Henry's supposed to be a Pilsner as well. <laughs> oh, no, Radeberger. So, um, for the listening audience, it's yes. uh, Pantone 137PC, mm. which is a CMYK of 038.950. Gosh, that's like, I think I've said that before. <coughs> no, it has, it has that nice roundness of, uh, of sweet hay about it that uh, all authentic pilsners have. Yeah, Radeberger comes from uh, the town of Radeberg, which is outside of Dresden. Uh, Dresden is in what was the former East Germany. It was the capital of Saxony. Also, people who read uh, uh, Slaughterhouse Five, w- mm-hmm. uh, Dresden played a prominent role in that book. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. <laughs> the Kurt Vonnegut story. And uh, it's the outskirts of Dresden are roughly the border with the Czech Republic. It's uh, the area that's collectively known, sort of historically, as Bohemia. Which mm-hmm. is where they invented Pilsner. This is this is a beer that's going to be a cousin or a brother or sister of uh, Pilsner Quell, uh, the real Budweiser, uh, Budweiser Budvar, uh, and another a, a number of prominent beers that came out of where they invented this beautiful clear beer. Mm-hmm. And Radeberger uh, has been around since 1872, uh, relatively. Modern is so you know that because a lot of those old German beers go back three four hundred years. The Munich beers mm-hmm. yeah. go back a long time, but this is once again the the new Pilsner style. And Dresden, if you go there today, it is a beautiful city that's finally getting rebuilt. There's still a lot of the middle of the city missing because uh, it got flat in World War II just for the hell of it. We figured out how we could light things on fire and bomb them flat. It was uh, it, it used to be called the Venice the Venice of the North, and. Uh, but there was no waterways. Oh, yeah, the Elbe River, river, river runs through one, town. Ri- one river. River runs through it. Yeah. One river. River runs through it. <laughs> <laughs> Best movie about fly fishing I ever saw. Um, and uh, they, they, this was the, uh, it's like in England, you get the, the royal beer to Her Majesty. This was the royal beer to, to uh, the King of Saxony. Germany re- uh, united as a country uh, after the Civil War. The United States Civil War, and uh, this is just a great beer. It grew. It used to, uh, before Prohibition, a lot of it got exported to the United States. You could get this here in the United States. Uh, fast forward to after World War II, it ended up on the wrong side of the wall, but it was kept alive. And this was the premium beer for the communist world. This mm. is the beer that uh, they'd haul out when Castor came to town, or they would ship to Cuba. They would ship, ship around all the communist countries, and it maintained its quality. Uh, after the wall came down and Germany was reunited, a uh, company from the West came in and uh, bought it. The same guys who do Bitburger uh, built a new brewery and actually the best beer I've ever had, and I've had a lot of beers, the beer that just made me say, wow, was in Dresden, right on the on the bank of the river, they have the Radeberger Pub, which is a Tide House. It's, the, it's owned by the brewery. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was traveling, I couldn't make it to Radeberg because it would have been a whole day to do the brewery tour and to do it right, and I was coming into town on the wrong day of the week, so I didn't go to the brewery. But at the pub, they shipped the beer to the pub in a tanker truck. 
they put it into serving vessels at the pub. So you're getting beer as you would be having it at the brewery. And it's the only place where you can get the other Radeberger, and it's this beer before it's filtered. Hmm. It would be an amazing taste well, to be able to taste do that, taste two of these. Side by side. Because uh, a lot of time uh, at beer school, the 21st Amendment, I know there have been de- debates time after time with all the microbrewers. Do you filter? Do you not filter? How much do you filter? And to be able to taste the Radeberger unfiltered and the Radeberger filtered, because this is, I mean, this looks like Budweiser. Yes. This clear. looks like Miller. This looks like Coors Light. Uh, in color, but in flavor, there's so much more. Much but different. if you if you take this unfiltered, and I have pictures of this that we could put a link to, it's a little bit more orangey. But if you just looked at it blank without comparing it to this, you'd say this is a clear filtered pilsner, and the flavor of that beer was so amazing. But also, it's a beer that you couldn't travel with. You could get you could basically get a growler of it. I was still in Europe for a week and a half, and to bring a growler back. After having it in my luggage for a week and a half with this beer, it would have been no good. <laughs> this beer is also relatively fragile, like I said before, and the flavor varies. If you get this um, in a place where it's sitting out, it's not. It sometimes it's not that good. Um, it's in drafted a couple of places around in San Francisco. The flavor is inconsistent, and it's all because of how long it takes this beer to get here and how delicate a beer this is. And one thing I've always wanted to do is chart. The draft Radeberger I get from the flavor-wise, and see if there's a pattern. I'm guessing the pattern is about every two months. Uh, this beer starts out outside of Dresden, probably gets put on a, on a container in a railroad car, takes a train to Bremen, uh, which is the big uh, port in Germany, uh, or maybe Rotterdam, gets thrown on a ship, goes across the Atlantic, gets offloaded in probably uh, Newark, gets put on a train, gets taken across the United States, gets dropped off in San Francisco, and I would say anywhere in the world that this beer goes, this is probably the farthest travel time-wise it comes from the brewery. It goes into some distributors. In this container, I'm guessing, if I was to chart the flavor of the beer at the Tornado or uh, or Zeitgeist, you could chart how often this beer gets shipped to the West Coast yeah, because right. of the way the flavor on draft changes over time. And I think there's probably... Uh, there's a period that you would find repeating itself in the flavor of the beer. But this stuff, Radeberger, I'm sorry, guys, most of you aren't going to be able to find it. It's You have to know where to find it in San Francisco, and it's one of the few markets it makes it to. It's This is my epiphany of, wow, this is what pale, insipid-looking golden beer should taste, should taste like. like. And I love this beer. I go to the, the Barley Wine Festival at Tornado. The people, f- the people fly in from all around the world to drink barley wine. I go, I'll have a Radeberger. Burger. <laughs> That's super good. So you, the, from a flavor profile, well, I'm going to compare it with the Henry's because it's the closest thing on our, on our list so far. Um, it's a bit hoppier. It has a... It's a little hoppier. Uh, Henry's has, is around 15 IBUs, so yeah. it's very low on IBUs. It has, a, it has a almost a skunk flavor for an end, which is not bad. Yeah, that's part of, that's part that's of, the, part of the, the... This is a little bit... If you were going to chart 10 being perfect and 1 being you need to throw it out, yeah. this is probably around 7 or 8. Well, I see that... I mean, these are both Pilsners. Mm-hmm. Uh, the... Our... American heritage of beer is based on on pilsners. Most of the brewers were were German when they came right. to this country, and most of our beers that we knew in the fifties and sixties were based upon German lagers, uh, finely filtered and and 
very fairly insipid tasting. They, uh, they weren't insipid when they came here, but American tastes being what they were, uh, people didn't want something that was overpowering, which would be this Radenberger. They want something that was a little lighter. Because it's, so, <clears throat> it's got a really bitey end. And it's not a hop end. It's if you taste this against all the high-end tra- uh, traditional imported Pilsner, if you taste this against Boudvar and Pilsner Urquell and any other, this is always the hoppiest. Mm-hmm. This is what, I mean, Henry Weinhardt is a, is a descent of this. And when Henry's is a beer, as a, is a, is a lager, German lager beer that was made in America, this is a German lager beer that's, Made in Germany. Uh, this is this deep in Germany. <laughs> Henry Weinhardt is, is the is a descendant of this. This is Henry Weinhardt is what this became in in America for one for good, bad, or indifferent. Oh, this is people, what this became. You know, and I know how it goes. People are like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that sour finish, right? And sour is not the word. It's the, I don't like that skunk finish. They want something that, that finishes clean. It's like a wet hay. It's an aftertaste. Yeah, it's an it aftertaste. It's an and I, 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 as a beer appreciator, beer connoisseur, I like aftertaste. Yeah. Uh, but somewhere along the the way in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, aftertaste became a a negative thing. And all the beer makers were trying to get the okay, aftertaste is not a good thing. We want to get rid of the aftertaste. So whatever they did, uh, less malt, less hops, whatever, uh, darker or, colored bottles or add rice, um, or add rice <laughs> they did to prevent the the aftertaste yeah. uh, Americans uh, traditionally didn't like an aftertaste so this Henry Weinhardt's came to America as Ratterberger and then it changed because Americans don't like aftertaste right. they, they kept all the good things about the, the Pilsner they just didn't keep the aftertaste or they were told that they didn't like aftertaste or they were told yes yeah, marketing being a, 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 a powerful thing, even in the '40s and '50s, we think as Americans now in the in the new millennium that marketing has been a, a bugaboo over the last you know 20, 30 years. Marketing's always been around. You, you have to you have to know your 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 um, market your your target population, and you have to make whatever you're making toward them. If if you read if you read this bottle, first of all, it's like a couple other beers. Uh, that put all their medals on. They've got their little medals that they won at all the international expeditions. I was going to ask about the coins. And then on the back it says, Crown the official drink by King Friedrich August III of Saxony. Radeberger, a Pilsner-style beer brewed near Dresden, characterized by its dazzling and refreshing taste, has long been enjoyed by German nobility. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> there's your marketing. There's Carlsberg your- has a nice label, too. <laughs> if you but, uh, go that way. <laughs> uh, Radeberger... Uh, their website has got this new retarded thing, prove how old you are, and all it asks for is month, date, and, and year of your birthday. Yeah. On my browser, it wouldn't, whatever the script is, wouldn't accept my birthday and kept giving me a blank to put it back in again. Uh, but if you do a Google search and you click like the third click down the list, it goes right around their birthday search thing. Sweet. Uh, but Which is uh, dumb anyway because you basically decide it for you know July fourth, nineteen oh six, and call it a day. Ask, yes. ask you know, ask any <laughs> ask any kid at a bar how old are you if they want a, if they want a beer and they're eighteen. How old are you? I'm twenty one. Okay, here's your beer. Yeah, but that's a whole other show. <clears throat> you know, we we can do the fake ID show because at some point we all had one. Mm-hmm. I never had one. Yeah, but you were already six foot five. So. <laughs> there was a place in Berkeley. They I don't know if it's still. You, they just assumed that you were that tall for a reason. There was there was a place in Berkeley when I was in school called something like the International ID Shop, and you could go in and buy an ID from anywhere, any sort of ID you wanted, and they would do it with your picture and everything. I don't know if it still exists. 
<laughs> pretty funny. <laughs> well, I like this a lot. I, you know, it's 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 unfortunate that the kids are not going to be able to find this um, to to uh, to taste. Similar beers, the, and, and the, don't the, don't feel that you're bad. This is a this is uh, it's really their marketing dis- and distribution. It's not like it doesn't make it everywhere. It's not in New York City, probably. It's not going to be in Los Angeles. It's not going to be in well, Seattle. You, although they'll tell us if it if it's not. You know, yeah. Hey, I found Radeburger at the my local. Yeah, if you guys find Radeburger, let let everybody else know because this is really. For my whole thing and doing all the beer drinking and going to all the festivals, I'll I'll stand up and say first of all the hardest thing if if you want to really show that you're a a brew pub worth your metal, brew a nice pilsner. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, it's a tough beer. It's a really tough beer to brew, and I think once you go all the way up the beer scale that I've described before, and you go from I start out drinking Bud, and then I go to a darker beer, and then I go to a hoppier beer, and then I go to a Belgian beer, and then I go to a hoppier beer, and then I go to barley wines. When you reach the top of the ladder and you fall over to the other side, this is where you end up. This is where, where you end up. up with a Radeburger. Now, on the other hand, if you don't want to, if you if you can't find a Radeburger and you want to have a nice American Pilsner for less than ten dollars for a twelve pack, go Henry Weinhardt's. Go get a Hanks. <laughs> like Henry. Remember the ad for Hanks where they would come in and it was all the different guys going. Give me a Hanks. Give me a Weinhardt. Yeah. Give me a Blitz. And the one guy walks in and goes, but <laughs> They really did. I'm sure they're online somewhere now. The uh, the well, firm that did Henry Weinhardt's commercials, brilliant. The good thing about the Henry Weinhardt's tour was that they ended up in the public room, and they had like four televisions, and they were broadcasting all the old Blitz Weinhardt slash Henry Weinhardt commercials from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And they were all, they were, there was a hoot, because, you know, all the ones, were, I, I rounded up uh, Henry Weinhardt's uh, outside of Saragot. So, <laughs> they short horns and long horns. <laughs> well, it was a that was a great commercial ad. Too bad it didn't save the save the beer, but it was a great commercial ad. <laughs> so, we're going, we're hopping over to a different country. You know, Germany has its beer gardens. What do we have, John? We have the Zeitgeist. No, no, we no. Have no. The beer That's dens. not the correct answer. Oh, beer we, dens? Oh, no, 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 no. Germany. <laughs> I'm trying to take it down a notch. Oh, right. Germany mm. has its beer gardens, and we've got our beer garden. The correct answer is ho gardens. Ho gardens. Oh, okay. No, it's like, no, if you ask Southie how to say it, it's beer garden. Beer garden. Yeah, because he's, uh, he's from there. Oh, no, no, we have, our, we have a ho garden. Well, I wouldn't discount anything. Southie says, "I would otherwise he'd beat me up." <laughs> you wouldn't be jumpy; just stick a shiv in you. Exactly. You can't uh, argue with a man who comes to work every day with with scars on his face. <laughs> <laughs> Which manager was that? Remember? The, oh, yeah. oh, that's probably oh, yeah, actionable. Yeah, yeah. We shouldn't right. talk about that. <laughs> no, that guy actually that guy actually went on to become a, a, a respectable publican owner in Arizona. Hmm. Which city? That's probably actual. Arizona, Glendale, yeah. the city of Arizona. Okay, we'll talk about <laughs> that. We'll talk about this one. I haven't heard this. We'll talk about the this off mic. Arizona, Arizona California. Exactly. And in fact, the anniversary, it's Arizona, Minnesota. The anniversary that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Really? It's actually, not. A couple oh, you're right. Of weeks. You're right. Yeah, like we'll drink to it next week. We'll drink to it next. Week. In two weeks. Two weeks. We'll have that oh, just story. to plug it, we're we're we'll going all something. out next week. It's oh, the really, really right. first special, really big adventure well, for SpearSchool.com. The fourth, of, the fourth anniversary? The fourth uh, show? Or oh, this is our fifth show. This this is our fifth show. Oh, I'm sorry. So next week is, um, next week is uh, Beer Train. 
Hmm. But we're doing beer train to a weird, uh, in a weird way. Normally, so there's a couple of ways to do beer train. One is in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. you can go down the peninsula and you can stop off at Burlingame, Mountain View, Sunnyvale, Sunnyvale, Palo Alto, Palo Alto, Alto you know, San Jose, San Jose, Belmont from Arvin Garden. That's right, Belmont. Yeah, and there's lots of places to go. The other way to do beer train is to do it on BART. Mm-hmm. So you go... Pacific Coast, Pacific Triple, Coast Rock, Triple Rock, Barclays. Possibly Jupiter, but that's a... Jupiter bar. and Berkeley uh, yeah. and uh, Triple Rock are the same. Uh, Buffalo Bills, The Bistro. Yeah. Buffalo Bills, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, and it's kind Mexican of... Mexican food and fruit. Down to Fremont, uh, you know. Yeah. Jackson, so there's, so there's that. So now, but we're so, doing but we've, beer train, but we extreme. Yeah, we're doing, we're going far. We're going all out, and so we're going to Fresyes. Fresyes. <laughs> <laughs> the city's looking for a new positive image, so they've changed their name to Fresyes. To Fresyes. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do between here and there? Well, you drink beer on the train. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the, the way it works is that we can drive, and it would take three and a half hours, or we can, and you go like hell the whole time. Or you can get on the train. Well, you start at the 21A. You cab down to the ferry building. <coughs> they yes. take you over to Emeryville. Emeryville. <laughs> and you get on the train, and then that goes woo woo down to Fresno. Fresno. Yeah. Fresno, yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> and the, the raisin capital and, and dry ice capital of the world. <laughs> they make dry ice there? Oh, they make dry, all the dry ice that everybody uses in the whole world there, yes. That's cool. Yes. Literally. I know. <laughs> you know so, as, as I mentioned to you before, so, you can go in any any brew pub or any any dive bar in Portland and have a microbrew beer. Uh, the, the lowest of the low has microbrew beer. You can go in any corner store in Fresno, mom and pop liquor store. Day before yesterday, mom and pop liquor store and and buy as much dry ice as you. We can get sixteen tons of dry ice from the liquor store on the on the corner. That's we funny. can bring that back. Yeah, we could. Um, so anyway, we're going to Fresno. Yes, we're going to go hang out. <laughs> Where they make uh, uh, pilk, which is some weird agave thing. Oh, I, pulque. Yeah, oh, pulque. Pulque. Uh, Jaime yes. smuggled some of that back from Mexico in an antifreeze container. Okay. It looks like snot, and it tastes like hell. But it's so, good good for you. So they make they make pulque <laughs> at uh, pilk. What was I? Uh, bilk. You think of the yeah, bilk. bilk. Yeah, that's why I got confused. <laughs> so pulque. There's a place that makes pulque, and then uh, there's a bunch of uh, other little breweries that are uh, down around there. And isn't there a meadery or a mead pub? Oh, yeah. And so we're going to go have some real mead. That's that's Beer School Master's program, yeah, though. exactly. So anyway, I'm holding in my hand... This is a this is this this is the seek out beer. This is like if it's on the menu. No, I actually don't seek this out. If I if I if if it's on the menu and the brewery, restaurant, whatever has it, this is what I order. This is a Hogarden. It's a Belgian wit beer. And we don't have the right glasses though, but that's okay. We don't have the right <laughs> exactly. Speaking of glass, we're these are, we should just bring out the official beerschool.com glasses. Exactly. Hogarden Except when we're tasting domestics, and then we use the plastic cups over there on the shelf. Hogarden in a bottle is pretty good. You should see if you can find it when it's on tap, because I think it's like two notches better. And it's a wow! It's almost like a wheat beer. In in uh, it's not filtered. It is. It is no. It is like a wheat beer. Yes, has that faint. Sweet bubblegummy taste that you get from uh, all the best uh, German uh, wheat beers. So, which are the which 
if I may di- digress yeah. here, uh, leads me into the conversation about most wheat beers. People think, well, the, the flavor comes from Hefeweizens and wheat beers. The flavor comes from the wheat. No, the flavor comes from the yeast. Um, if, 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 and over the years, people said, well, water is the body of, of beer. Uh, malt is the backbone. Hops are the seasoning. Uh, yeast, to me, is the soul of, of beer. Uh, that's why, if you look at this beer, it's not. It's very uh, poorly filtered. It's not filtered, or it's been light, very lightly filtered. Um, which, and if you look at all the good, all the, all the well, I won't say good, but all the IPAs that we like as a group. Uh, they have been filtered, but not completely filtered. You will not see any good IPA on the market that is completely filtered. It has some of the yeast still left in it, which is the hallmark of any good beer, I think. Which, uh, and not taking away from from pilsners because they're completely completely uh, filtered. That's a different style. But to me, the if you want a beer that has some soul to it has some has some depth to it not just backbone not just seasoning not just flavor not just body but you want something that has some depth to it you want to go for a beer that's not completely filtered which Hogarden is as you can see is not completely filtered exactly which is a beautiful beer you know another thing I noticed clarity about is not, not a great not, a, not necessarily a great thing another thing I just noticed about Hogarden you've got two neck levels on your bottle we only have one. Oh my God! How'd that happen? I, I put that on eBay right now. <laughs> total, total brewing back, so, back so, to the, back to so the, the, oh, you got the Pantone number. Well, no, I do, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say this: this is this is Belgian beer training wheels. Yes. This is like your. This is like your. I'm going to. I want to go and understand Belgian beers, mm-hmm. which is all the barnyard and and and. We, you know, uh, orange and citrus, and you know the beginning of all those amazing flavors that are all from the yeast. Yes, that, they're that, all from the yeast. All, yes, that that only exist in that in that because of that region and in that area of, the, of that area. Much like the the California common beers, which were done with the wild yeast, and right. you never knew what you were going to get. And so the thing is, is that if you go and, and try like a a Belgium goose beer or a triple or something that is what we would consider to be these amazing flavors, you're going to go, escape it off my tongue because I can't take it. But this beer is just a jump to the left from from the American-style beers that you're used to drinking. That's because over the last 100 years, American beers have gone to the idea of proprietary yeast. We only want to make our beer with the yeast that we like, and it's only going to be this yeast, and we get it from some manufacturer, or we make it ourselves. Um, The day of, of allowing yourself to make beer based upon nature in, the, you know, his, in, the, in this country is, is gone. Uh, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, who knows? But uh, the Belgians started out with saying, well, we'll take whatever nature gives us. And of course, even they have gone to proprietary yeast nowadays. But in the olden days, it was all like, we'll take whatever nature gives us, and it'll be different every year. Also, if you're brewing with nature now these days, uh, you would have to do it in a rural area. Because yes. uh, the what's floating around in the air here in a city is not all yeast. Is not yeast. <laughs> There's soot. Uh, there are probably different properties uh, of things that are going on that you wouldn't want your yeast making your beer in a city. No. Whereas in the country, like with uh, sort of like with with uh, 
aviaries and, and bees. Uh, if you're in an area that has a lot of uh, clover or uh, apple orchards or things like that, you're going to be picking up yeast that is coming off fruit trees and not yeast that's coming out of uh, tepid water in puddles and, uh, you know, un- uh and sort of things you'd find around the city. You need to be close yes. to nature where you're getting yeast that are living off things that are more appropriate to things people want to consume. Yes, yeah, so they're part of, the, part of the environment as opposed to something that was put in the environment. Uh, I, I was lucky enough to do an extended version of the, the Kentian tour in, in, in Brussels a couple of months ago. And somebody asked a question that I was always wondering about. Uh, over the last hundred years, the life of this brewery, uh, the environment around the breweries really changed. Uh, big city, pollution, uh, God only knows what in the air. How is your beer uh, you know, that's spontaneously fermented staying the same? And they said it, there's been a lot of research done at the brewery. at the And there's a microenvironment that... The yeast lives in the brewery. Mm-hmm. It lives in the in the spider webs and the wood. And only for a couple of buildings around the brewery do you find the same environment. And what that building has done has it's preserved the atmosphere of Brussels a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. And there's been academic research on that. So if you wanted to start something up like that today, you'd want to be someplace that's a lot more rural if you're going to be letting wild yeast come in. Well, or you know, I don't want to give any names away, but like in. Uh Venezuelerzo, you know, he has a five-gallon bucket of Brettomyces in his in his brewery that he lets loose when he's making his beers that have that uh, as, their, as their as their yeast, and people think he's crazy to do so, but he's obviously the yeast master. He may not be the beer master, but he's obviously the yeast master in, in California at this point. So it's. <laughs> It's Pantone. We have to get this back on track. We have to bring this back to where, what people expect from beer school. Awesome. <laughs> I was just thinking about letting the wild yeasties loose in the brewery. Well, that, and Morty gave me that idea. That's, that's what Vinny does. He lets yeah. the yeah. yeast go in his in his, you know in his little microclimate. Those, that beer is so good. People think he's crazy to do so, but no, he's no, he's no, obviously like, hit a vein. Yeah. Did you have the watermelon funk? No. No. Oh. Watermelon funk was pretty weird. He's obviously <laughs> hit, he's obviously hit a vein. Yeah, you know. And the, the thing with the watermelon funk was that it had to, next year's watermelon funk. If they even did another another uh, sixty gallon barrel, probably won't taste exactly like the one no. that they made this year. Because you know the 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 yeasts the the watermelon that they used. Because I know that they crushed another round of watermelon to stick in it. To how many watermelon have to die before we stop drinking this beer? <laughs> What I know is... That the, that the what water, is the Pantone number for Hogarden? Garden? Hogarden Garden is uh, 117 PC, which has a CMYK of 222-115. Really? But if, you, but, if you re, but if you recall... That's when, a more complicated CYMK number than yeah, I'd assume. Yeah. Going back to the days when you were just a child, and you, you, as you, well, you motor, I mean, when you were like five years old and I was like 20 years old already. Um, John and I used We used to... Yeah, the the yeah. whole microbrew thing was that you didn't care whether the microbrew that you were addicted to, whether the beer was the same the next year. You you looked forward to so, it being a little bit different. Well, like like the Christmas beers every year. Like, yes. You know that the the fact that um, the brewers are attuned to the fact of you know people want to try the new version of it, not the same one that we had last year, and the fact that you know Shano and uh, and Jesse go and you know. 
grab the spices and smell them and they find something that might go good together and then they throw it in and say that's we're not writing down the recipe that's just what it is and that's kind of cool because the very first time you taste that it's like oh that is amazing and, I mean, and then it works or yeah i don't want that yeah yeah liberty was uh one of anchor's christmas beers one year that's no, that's really progressive because there's no spice in it at all, and everyone would be like, "Hey, it's supposed to taste like Christmas." Well, yeah, but by that, like- the uh, the tradition of the holiday, I don't think has been firmly set. No, I believe the porter was also a Christmas beer once. I don't know. I I didn't research on my on your extensive notes. My extensive notes. <laughs> on your extensive notes. You didn't research that part. I did not research that because that was not what I was researching. So but as in, all, as, as in all things, uh, consistency becomes the hallmark of, of quality after a while. But when the the microbrew trend was taking off in like seventy eight through eighty two, uh, we everybody didn't care whether the next batch was the same as the last batch. These, these are you know, microbreweries that where you went in and you got whatever they were brewing. You didn't ask for like porter or or an amber or a red. You just took whatever they were giving asked, you. you. Like ask for, for a beer. You asked for a beer and they gave you whatever they were making. You it had no style, it had no anything. You just were happy to get it because it was like something that you could see it being made in the room behind you and you were happy to get it. And it didn't matter what it tasted like as long as it was something that tasted good and, and you were happy with it. Uh, now again as in all things, we expect consistency. We expect the the beer that we have at uh, Anchor Brewing to taste the same this year as it did last year. Uh, but in the olden days, the olden days, I say, 78 through 83, uh, we didn't care. Nobody cared. That is the olden days. You are older than we are. <laughs> 78 through 83. I remember. We were happy to get what we got. We were happy to get it, damn it. <laughs> we had to walk uphill to Both school ways. and walk uphill on the way home, too. I don't know how that worked. But. We had to walk. We had to crawl. I just Both remember ways. I remember in beautiful Berkeley when I was but a, but a small child. Uh, coming home from coming home from university and going, what are they doing with that building? <gasps> it's going to be a brewery. That's my epiphany, along with Ratterberger. Well, that was Thousand Oaks. No, that was Triple Rock. Oh, okay. Well, I'm seeing. I've got all the original Thousand Oaks bottles. They had beautiful labels. They had great bottles. They had great beer too. They had, you, you, you always enjoyed going and buying, even though you could only get it like at what they called the beer, the, the uh, liquor emporium in those days, like in Pleasant Hill. Uh, you always enjoyed going and get a six pack of their beer because it had like a quarter of an inch of yeast in the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I did. What, the, what the hell is that stuff in the bottom? <laughs> well, that's yeast. Well, what is that? What's that in your bottom? <laughs> it tasted good. It's all. I know. Tasted good. <clears throat> a delicious and surprising, refreshing taste. Naturally cloudy and brewed using a unique recipe of wheat, malted barley, and a subtle hint of coriander and orange peel. Hogarden is very good. I have to hand it to them. They've, they've done well over the last 600 years. Yes. It's been. They've done well. Like I said. They've paid for the building. Belgium, Belgian beer training wheels. Like you, you could start and end on this beer. Yes, you could. Six hundred years ago, we would have been levitating twenty feet over the marshes at the edge of San Francisco Bay. <laughs> That's right. This place where we're, where we're recording this did not exist. I don't think we can see the shoreline from no, here. Is how far no. out in Phil we no. are. <laughs> no, I think uh, the note to self: don't be here during an earthquake. Exactly. <laughs> well, there was an earthquake that I. I'm sure you felt all those that just came through. It was like... (laughs) There it was. 
In that direction, I think Valencia Street was as low as you could go to the bay in, in, the, in the olden days. Well, if you go walk around over on Townsend and... Um, all through South Beach, they all have... Through South Beach. South Beach yes. Embedded in the sidewalk is this brass mm-hmm. uh, thing that showed where the old shoreline was. Yeah. Also, if you go uh, further in, like around the... Uh, South Beach, no, not South Beach Marina, the other one. There's uh, the regular sidewalk, and then there's the concrete aggregate with the stones. Oh, yeah. That's showing the same thing, where yes. the shoreline was. Cool. And this was all, this area that we're sitting on now was all built off the stuff they dumped into the bay after the 06 earthquake. Horse carcasses. Hence, and such, and such. <laughs> all right. So where are we going next? How, oh, you know what? I'm still enjoying the hoe garden. Well, let's finish the hoe garden. Yeah, okay. Then. So we can always just like pause the. We can always just no. We'll just let this go. Yeah, well, let's do the hoe. Let's, let's let's contemplate the hoe. Okay, a more. let me let me say, um, they're beers. They're 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 beers that are good, but they're also beers that I don't like. And Hoe Garden is an example. You don't like Hoe Garden. I'm not wild about Hoe Garden. I'm not wild about the flavors in this. But it's also uh, one thing that we hope you, the listenership, will learn is if you don't like a beer, but you don't have to like a beer that everybody says is a good beer because you might not like that flavor. Yeah, just because I'm the host of this show doesn't mean that you have to like it. We love Hoe Garden, John. We love it. We love it. Um, But I actually like it. I actually you need to understand why you don't like it or what the flavors are so you can communicate again what it is you don't like. So if somebody else, you want to try this beer, uh, I'll try it. But, you know, these are, th- these are things I like. These are things I don't like when you go looking for beer. On the so other this hand, is, and this, this blows me out of like a lot of categories of beer. This goes straight through the traditional German Hefeweizens and Hogarden. There's just a flavor that runs through them. They're all great beers, but it's a flavor I don't like. Right. I don't like peanut butter. Wait. And people look at me like a freak when I say I don't like peanut butter. What's your problem, then, Motor? I know. <laughs> so, Indian, so, so some Indian foods right out. You're like, no, I'm not going to have. No, just I, I've, as I've matured, I've come around to where it's just pretty much peanut butter. Mm. There are a couple of things that, yeah, there's a little bit too peanutty for me. But... Uh, in candy bars with peanut butter, I don't like. But a lot of people like peanut butter. It doesn't mean that uh, peanut butter is bad. You have to remember to. You have to just. If somebody gives you a beer, you know, I re- I don't really like it. I understand it's a good beer, but it's just not a flavor I like. Well, you don't have to like all beers. Well, that's the no whole rule. Point. See, no that's rule. what we're trying to but get no people rule. to understand. There's no rule. The point of beer school is that exactly. You know, I don't, I don't have to. I don't have to like what everybody likes. No. You know what? I can say. You know what? I really like Hogarden. Yes. And Motor and I can agree to disagree about this very fact. The, the other thing is is that, you know, Radeburger, I think it's a wonderful beer. I like Radeburger. And, and some people will just go, I don't get it. Yeah, what are you guys what, tasting? What, I mean, know, what is what is so special? Or Liberty? That? What are you talking about? That's not that's just that's slop. Yeah. Liberty that, Ale. No <laughs> way. I hate Liberty Ale or 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 they'll or they'll taste Liberty Ale and they go, "Well, you know, it's not hoppy enough. It's not it's not. Uh, it's not what I want. Yeah. On the other but, hand, if you think you don't, like, if you think you taste Hogarden and don't like Hogarden, then what I say is take Hogarden, make yourself a nice bacon tomato, bacon bacon oh. tomato and lettuce sandwich on on white bread, 
and then eat that with the Ho Garden. Oh, actually, that would be and that would that's, that's BLTs. Bring yourself around. You, you're going to love that idea. When we go back. My mom used to make me BLTs. BLTs are the are the food of choice with Ho Garden. Let's get in a boat, go straight across the bay to my mom's place. She'll make us BLTs. <laughs> nice. Because unlike unlike most unlike, <laughs> unlike most Hefeweizens, Hogarden has that little bacony, smoky nuance that you like, get. That, like the that, cor- that's that's yes, kind of the coriander, coriander flavor yeah, yeah. that, that goes go, well with the sandwich. Let's go way into the graduate level programs. Hogarden and a rock beer. That uh, just you would be picking up some of the same. Yes, but the Hogarden is much more approachable than than the, than the rock beer is. Rock beer is like for people who. Really want like smoke a pipe all day, then they want to go and just have a haunch of smoked pork. <laughs> that is a fine German beer. We, exactly. have, we have some Westphalian ham and, and I love, beer. I love, I love rock beers. But <laughs> to me, Hogarden is a beer that's approachable on a number of levels. You can have it with salads. You can have it with uh, smoked pork. You can have it with bacon. You can have it with cheese. You yeah. can have it with lettuce, and it, it tastes spinach, good on all levels. Spinach salad with bacon. Exactly. Going back to bacon. Bacon. Because exactly. it always is about bacon. You have to buy bacon for later today, don't you? I know. You? I have to do that. Hogarden does, <laughs> does have a bacony quality you can't escape. And that's what I love about it. It's always a bacony quality. Makes me happy that we have one more beer to try. Got so this is, an interesting, this is an interesting beer because this... So how weird is this? Everybody has come with their epiphany beer... And all and of them have all of uh, all of one of the Epiphany beers have something in common. They're all hops. <laughs> it's all well, about the, the IPA. Well, the the, the Henry Warhart was, was my Epiphany beer. This is the beer that I'm drinking today, and this is the beer I'm drinking now. So this shows you where I've come from. I've I've gone from Henry Warhart 1978 to to this beer, uh, Big Daddy Speakeasy, uh, their their version of IPA in 2007. This is where I've come from. So it's a um, this is a beer. It's a San Francisco beer, um, which I also like because I mean, as 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 good as beer and as good as the transportation transportation industry is today, you can get beers from halfway around the world uh, that are fairly fresh. I still like San Francisco uh, beers that are made in San Francisco, and it's it's made right down the street from me. And I know that whatever I get out of that brewery in the bottle or the draft is going to be made like. At the most three weeks ago, and it's, it's it's the epitome of fresh beer to me. It's an it's a cool story. During Prohibition, the masses were forced underground into the speakeasy. Hidden within the streets of the city, friends gathered where music played and drinks were poured. And they've obviously got the marketing thing down because you cannot, for the life of you, pry that freaking label off because it's. In the it's, bottle. It's painted on. <laughs> it's painted on. No matter how much you try, John, you cannot get that label off. <laughs> Unlike the anchor, where we could actually eventually you get You could the pry label it off, off. Eventually. eventually. You can't get this label off You just off soak now. it, soak it, and then there it was. And I don't remember exactly. I mean, the funny thing about this beer is that I had not even... I spent the... Up to 2000, I was in the Navy for like 8 to 10 years. So I, when they started brewing, I was not in San Francisco. I came back to San Francisco, uh, had never heard of Speakeasy. Um, I, was, I was in love with Elysian Fields and all the breweries up in uh, Seattle. So I'd never heard. I wasn't paying attention to what was going on in, San, in California, let alone San Francisco. So when I got back down here um, during the Raiders Super Bowl, not in the 70s, but, you know, 
couple of years ago when they played Tampa Bay after John Gruden left. Oh, that, oh that's <laughs> sad. That's the sad Super Bowl. I went to a Super Bowl, <laughs> Super Bowl party uh, at a um, the uh, a, 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 you can say it. Oh, at the <laughs> Wild Side. Where's that? <laughs> Up on Cortland and on the, on. Uh, oh, Bernal Heights. Yeah, Bernal Heights. I don't make it out. It's great little uh, bar place. <laughs> great little beer place, bar place. They have one of the few places at that time. This is and they were having Big Daddy on tap. You, know, you, uh-huh. get, you get Big Daddy on tap th- two places in the whole city at that time. I think and one of them was Tornado and one of them was uh, uh, the uh, the Wild Side. What about Dago Mary's? I've never been. I haven't but... been there. I haven't <laughs> been there, so I don't know. But anyway, a friend of mine said he should try. You like. Hoppy beers. You just try this beer. It's called Big Daddy. I says, well, with Big Daddy, how can you go wrong? It's something named Big Daddy. So I tried it. I said, I love this beer. To this day, this is my IPA of choice. People will say, try Lagunitas. I say, well, no, I like, I'm a Big Daddy. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, People will say, try this, try that. I say, I have my Big Daddy. So. But Lagunitas is not, it's more along the lines of Liberty. It doesn't mm-hmm. have that, it doesn't have the hop characteristic that to me this I, does. to me i think of lagunitas as being more grapefruit and to me this is more pineapple uh, but I, I to me this this tastes a lot like hogarden they're still drinking hogarden <laughs> 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 it, it, it is hogarden for you what motor are you talking about? like we'll, we'll, we'll put that up against the uh, the, the scale of uh, color so it looks to be uh, pantone one three seven five PC. To me, I've CMYK of zero forty five ninety five zero. I mean, during my wow, during my beer, oh, it's reddish. Yeah. I've allowed myself to go to to beers that are unbalanced. I've allowed myself to go there for a purpose to 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 see what's available, to see what's going on, see what people are doing. But well, I started. I started with a well balanced beer in Henry Weinhardt's in seventy eight. Yeah, and to me, the Big Daddy is the most well-balanced IPA on the market right now. And that's just my own, my own impression. So I started with a well-balanced Pilsner. I've ended with a well-balanced IPA. IPA. So, there's a bit of, uh, like you said, there's, well, I'm tasting a bit of grapefruit, but you said... To me, I get a little more pineapple than pineapple. I get grapefruit. But again, that's, that's yours is different than mine. So right. Mine tastes like Hogarden. We're still drinking. I'm getting coriander and orange peels in mine. Orange peel and coriander. Oh. See the nose for me. For me, the nose is really, really malty. It is. It is malty. Malty is like kids at home. It's like shoving your uh, your head in a box of. Uh, but know, like, but like 15. when, but like when you're enjoying. Like, to me, my favorite carbohydrate besides beer is mashed potatoes. When I'm eating mashed potatoes, if I smell them, they smell like potatoes. But when I'm eating them, it tastes like butter and black pepper. So for me, a beer, I don't have to smell the beer and know what it's going to taste like. I want to smell the beer and smell one thing and taste the beer and taste another thing. To me, I smell I, Big Daddy. I smell potatoes and, and, and the carbohydrates. But when I taste it, I taste black pepper and butter. That's all. So I, don't we have, t- I don't taste black pepper and butter. I'm just using that as an example, John. Okay, go go with me. Go with me. Go with the flow. I'm going that way. I get that. <laughs> go with I'm the flow. That, you know, this is this is so from the as the crow flies. We're as far from anchor as we are from from uh, speakeasy. Yes, exactly. Basically. No, speakeasy is a little further. A little further. Third Street. 
Anchorage. Anchor Anchor is right there. Well, we can see. I would say. I would say. But I would Evan, say Speakeasy is probably twice as but far, Evan's even as the crow, as the crow flies. But Evan Street. I draw maps for a living. I trump Speakeasy you. Speakeasy is a hundred point. No, it's not that far. It's, it's on pretty Evan close. Street. It's by point. the post office. Well, yeah, it's right past the post office. This is really relevant to our worldwide <laughs> listenership, arguing over how many blocks. Okay, I have an idea. After the show. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do the drive. You're going to no, 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 because no, we're going to prove this point. Drive by drinking. You're going to start walking to Speakeasy, and I'm going to start walking to Anchor. <laughs> oh, you know we're not you know, going to do that. We're going to go back to. We're going to go back and have a BLT at the 21A because they'll make it that. And and as much as I love 21A's beers, I and mean, that's as we all know, that's where I'm. You know, there's one rule: you can't talk smack about 21A. No, I, I never do. I, that's why. That's where I live. I mean, if, if, <laughs> if I had one, if, if people say, "Where are you going to find me at a certain time of day?" I would say 21 21st event. 21A. So <laughs> yes, but is, out of out of all the breweries, my point is that is that I like. <laughs> Big Daddy, because again, as Motor points out so eloquently, <laughs> it smells like malt, but it tastes like an IPA, it and that's what like I IPA, like. Yeah. That's what I like. I, I, I don't. Actually, I don't expect my beer to smell the same way it tastes. That's all I'm saying. Interesting. So it's in, in a way, it's unbalanced. It's unbalanced in that respect. But when you taste it, it's way balanced. It's way balanced. Yeah. So Big Daddy should be served in Pilsner glass. Perhaps so. Uh, the wrong glass. The wrong How long glass. until we get to do the glassware show? <laughs> Is that far? Is that far above? No, no, no. We kind of talked about the the station in life we're pretending to exist in. We we talked about the glass show. We talked about the glass show in the beginning. Uh Hey, uh, you know, glassware is a bit uh, important, and we, you know, basically broke this thing. Said, you know, this is a mixer glass. This is not. This is not a proper glass for drinking your beer. Um, It's what. You know, it's what survives in the in the bar environment. It's probably you know, it's the cockroach of the glasses. We should actually start calling these cockroach but glasses. It's what most people are going to get their beer out of. So, but no, no, I mean it's it's thick. It means you know this glass is going to last yes. a long time. They don't have to keep replacing them, you know, constantly. And you, the glassware from from uh, for the Hogarden, uh-huh. the for example, the Hogarden glass is this big. You know, it looks like the it looks like the, it's the um, exaggerated champagne glass. Yeah, yes, and it's totally fragile. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it wrong, it will break. Yes, but as you were saying, you're you're from Nebraska. You're, you're the average person that's listening the, to you in Nebraska right now is going to get a, gla- gonna 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 get get a glass, a glass like, like that. This, yes. yes, and this is like a quote standard issue beer yes. glass. Well, even with Radeberger, the the uh, Radeberger here in at least San Francisco, you get the half liter Stein. It's mm-hmm. a pretty Stein. But in Germany, that's not what it comes in. The standard Radeberg glass is a half-liter Pilsner glass. And it comes with the, one of those little doilies that wraps around the bottom of the, uh, the glass. Not a coaster, but it, the doily that goes around the stem that catches the sweat mm-hmm. before it goes to the stem. You know, the only way we're going to be able to do the glassware show is if we do it live at the Tornado. Oh, don't I don't think we could do anything live. The tornado is so loud because I just walk over to the jukebox no, no, we'll, and put some motorhead on. We could do it in the back room. Yeah, we they could give the, the show. They could give it to us in the back and, room, and they'll totally let us do that. Or, but there will be washier clinks in the whole. That'll be okay. That'll be okay. That's fine. Colonel Clink, I loved Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> That'd be okay. <laughs> All right, this thing. We're going to wrap this up a bit. <laughs> <clears throat> We're done. Where can you find me? You can find me on Twit. Uh, it's two bucks if you want to talk to me in the chat room. Oh, 
Here, John, have some more beer. Oh, yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> no, we're going to just leave. So the homework. Nor is still reading Hogarth, yeah, so yeah, we're not going to give him the homework. <laughs> well, the homework for next, everyone's homework for next week is to, uh, is to sh- get together with your friends. Everybody has the same thing that we're doing. Your epiphany beer, the thing that you tried that made you change your mind about the beers that you were drinking from that on, and then the beer that you're drinking. I thought my ass was getting a little bit big, so I started drinking Amstel Light. <laughs> my ass is not getting too big. Jeez. So that's the homework. And the, Does that ruin our clean tag? The, uh, no, you can say ass, and that doesn't ruin our clean tag. Um <laughs> We are the, you know what? We are pretty much the only beer show that has a clean tag. At this point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everybody else has ruined their clean tag. Um, 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 um. So we've no, got no, no. So, so many, we got we'll so many great things that. in store for you so guys coming up. So then, part two of your homework is to, um, in the show notes, or actually in the comment section on the on the web page, is to uh, put your story. Ooh, what, I like that. Yeah, and also if you can find Radaburger. Yeah, we want to find out if you can find Radeberger, but post, or any of the other beers. But, but most post, importantly, Radeberger. Post your stories. Tell us what happened. You know, I think that would be. I, I want to read that. I want to hear. I want to hear what the kids have to say about you know where they came from and what they're drinking now. That's one, one, one small thing. It's strange, strange thing to to point out. But um, uh, when I was getting ready to come to do this show. Of course, I could find Big Daddy. Were you nervous? Any liquor? No. I wasn't nervous. <laughs> Strangely enough, I was not nervous. <laughs> but I could go to any liquor store and pick up Big Daddy. But when I went to look for the Henry Warnhards, it's like I couldn't find I went to like five different places and couldn't find it. They have it at Safeway. I had to, go, I had to get my wife, who was getting off duty as a nurse uh, from a, a local hospital, to stop by Albertsons and pick up <laughs> a six-pack a six of Henry Warnhards. And she goes, well, she calls me on the cell phone. Well, you know, there's no six-packs. There's 12-packs. And it's not, it's not Henry Warnhards. It's Private reserves. That's that's what I want. That's what I want. She says, but they have blue boar too. I says, no, I want no, the no, no. I want the private <laughs> reserve because that's so unlike you. What what's going on? You seen someone different? Are you, are you a girlfriend? Do <laughs> <laughs> you have a are girlfriend? I said no, honey. She says you because know, I drink Syrah Nevada. You know, I was like. Honey, really, this is there's a reason for this. Just get it and bring it home, please. Well, this this comes back to one of my. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a really quick short story here. I took a really interesting class in in college at the time. I didn't know it was an interesting class. It was information studies and architecture, and it was coming out of the '60s where people trying to invent new ways that they could use computers to make decisions and stuff like that. And they were trying to come up with a rating for uh, architecturally how important a building was. And one of the things they looked at was how many column inches it got in the architectural trade papers about this this building. And this brought me around to thinking, a a theory that I brought up before, uh, about how easy it is to find good beer where you live. And my rating is... What can you find at the gas station? <laughs> and here, you can get Sierra Nevada at the gas station. You can get all sorts of beer at the gas station or the Quickie Mart. You know what? You can get Racer 5 at the Quickie Mart. I know. Yes, you can, yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, Or Stone, which is like a mind blow. Yes, exactly. Oh, my gosh. You can get Arrogant Bastard and Racer 5. And then it's like, 
And so this what should I get? This brings up the whole thing that it's easy to find Big Daddy, or at the corner liquor store, it's easy to find Big Daddy, but it's hard to find Henry Warnhart. Hey, so. Exactly. Yes. That's a mind blow. Isn't no, that it's a, that's no, another. No, no, no. That's another. That's something later on for everybody to consider. What can you find at the? What's the easiest beers to find, or what do you find at the gas station? True that. Mm-hmm. Well, true. I have. Uh, so I have uh, a bit more of this IPA from Big Daddy, and we have extra beers, you know. So in case it goes, you know, more, we can go back and like any, meeny, you know, the beer that we want to have again. Yes, I just like saying to the ladies. Who's your big daddy? (laughs) (laughs) So, you've been listening to Beer School. Class. Dismissed. (laughs) (laughs) Better and better and better. Okay, I just want to say, can I say something to somebody? Yeah, no, go ahead. All right, I just want to say something to... uh, It's a shout out. No, the last person I... There was a person that I... That requested me to make a beer for them, and I made a beer for them and unfortunately they were too far away to enjoy the beer but I drank it for them and I told them about it and I just want to say hello to 027 she'll know who she's who I'm talking about she'll know she'll know so if you in the after production you can get this out John I would appreciate it just to, oh, something right. to 027 027 she'll know 027 does that does that toast that toast that toast I have that. no beer I get a wait wait, wait. there you go here, I get it. Oh, I'll put it into Radeberger. Okay, um, I'll have one hard. To zero two seven. Here's zero two seven. Show them who I'm talking about. I've got a. Does zero two seven like Lionel trains? Mm, don't Be, know. Because I, I believe it. that is the gauge for a Lionel train set. Probably is. Yes. Starting up next, Model Railroad World. <laughs>